Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm super excited to be here today. This is tool number seven in our seven tools series, which are kicking off our 2018 season, um, where we have definitely celebrated over 100 episodes. And in doing that, we have decided to change our name from Plan Simple Meals to the Plan Simple Podcast, because what I have found is some of the most enlightening and great conversations have to do with all the stuff around the food. So as we're getting, making more space for the good food and for a life that has room for wellness, there has to be conversations around organization and around um, different forms of wellness and spirituality and work-life balance and parenting and relationships and all these things that feed into how we show up to our food. And then on the flip side, as we start to talk to more and more experts about food, we'll see how the food starts to feed into those other aspects of our life. So somehow calling it the Plan Simple Podcast felt really great, especially in light of the fact that our new product soon to come out, the Flow Planner, um, really encompasses all those things. So super excited about this new version of the podcast. And again, this is tool number seven of our introductory series. And the tool that we're going to talk about today is family dinners. And I've alluded to this in the other tools. I allude to it a lot throughout Um, my conversations. And so it's no secret that this is a really, really important tool. And actually, just looking at it as a tool I found was a really important pivot in my life because it was this thing that I like dreaded and pretty much illustrated everything about motherhood and being in a home that I think internally I was fighting a little bit at the beginning before I found out what great things food could do for my body. I was feeling really uncomfortable in the kitchen. I was feeling like that somehow made me less than, I don't even know what it was, but I was definitely fighting it. So the second I saw it as a tool, it really helped me transform just what that time in the kitchen felt like and looked like and how I really let it affect my family. So I want to start off this conversation with a quote by Michael Pollan, and I found it in his book, Cooked. And this is what he says. He says, the shared meal is no small thing. It is a foundation of family life, the place where our children learn the art of conversation and acquire the habits of civilization. Sharing, listening, taking turns, navigating differences, arguing without offending. Right? So it really is like our classroom. So let's dive in a little bit into the purpose of dinner before we get into sort of some of the ways that we can really use this tool to our advantage and how to take the initial steps um, to really make dinner work for us wherever we are. So For me, breakfast is really about getting both adults in a household and kids off to a great start. So 
We're moving towards things like green smoothies and away from cereal in a rhythm that really flows effortlessly, right? We're just trying to get out the door in a healthy way. We're trying to literally break the fast of our night's sleep. And lunch becomes an opportunity where we can really take care of our individual needs a little bit more. So we start to teach ourselves through lunch how to really listen to our bodies and nurture them when we're out in the world, where this may be a foreign concept to all those people around us. And so in that sense, for me, lunch actually stays more consistent throughout the week, um, as does breakfast, because breakfast gets really easy consistent. So I find that, you know, we switch between four or five breakfasts that we put into that rhythm that I talked about um, in the meal planning episode. And, you know, we might have porridge, we might have smoothies and toast that has avocado on it. Um, you know, the, the mornings change, but I've figured out which mornings I have more time and more patience, which mornings I don't, and what works really well to get us out of the house and me to get lunch packed. And lunch stays really similar in that I don't find that everything super healthy packs really well. So we've got, I've gotten really good at what my kids will eat and what packs well. And I switch up sort of the veggies and fruits that go along the side of that. But, you know, a rice salad, which for us is rice with chopped up veggies, um, it, it just lasts really well. Um, sushi lasts really well. Sometimes I don't roll the sushi and I'll just like, give the rice and the veggies and the nori and they'll sort of make it. The soup lasts really well. So there's certain things that really work and I keep those the main dish. And I know that because of the rhythm. And we also use lunch as a place for those of us, like I don't like eating animal protein, but two of my kids really like having a lot of protein. My husband likes having protein. So lunch is really a place where we take care of our needs in that way. Does that make sense? And dinner is a little bit different because dinner we assemble at the table after our respective busy days where we've all been apart from each other and we come together to share food and company and really taking on those skills that Michael Pollan talked about. So if there is a family classroom, to me, the dinner table is it. Dinner is the time when we can really teach our kids how to be good eaters. We can teach them about conversation. We can teach them about giving and receiving. And we can teach them about love. And we can teach them listening skills. And what's most remarkable is that all of this happens really naturally and effortlessly just by the nature of sitting at the table together and sharing the same food. So there's a couple of nuggets in there that I just want to point out. So the same food I think is really important, and I know that's something, and we're going to get into this as we we get into what your next step is toward the family dinner, but the same food is kind of important and really getting the whole family together as much as possible is so important. And as you start to do this, you start to see that this time at the table is actually quite different than like time spent in a car driving home. Like you just get different things at the dinner table. So dinner, I really want you guys to start to see dinner as an opportunity that we should all embrace because it really is the fastest path to a healthy family. 
in 45 minutes well spent, kids can literally be equipped for life. And we can be equipped. Like we can become better people if we can really become our best selves at this time of night. And I know that that sounds hard to, to some of us. And believe me, it's hard for me many nights. So if you consider all the tools that I've introduced over this series, um, I hope you have a sense of what you can do in your day to make dinner even easier. So we talked about that in meal planning. We talked about the post-it strategy. Food-wise, I really do think a shred is a good way to get you grounded in what healthy food can even do for you. So you can be coming at this, coming at the food angle from a place where you are more sure um, about making, not making, that's a tough word, but about encouraging your kids to eat the food that you want them to eat about moving food forward and really working with your schedule and creating this rhythm and all of these different tools that we've talked about create this space for this family dinner, which is such a powerful tool. So dinner as well is a great time to lovingly nudge our kids, which basically means leading by example and challenging them in a safe environment however you're challenging them. I'm going to talk a little bit about how to challenge them with food. Um, But it could be about sitting, it could be about manners, it could be about social, but it really is a safe place, which is what we want for our classrooms. So in terms of where you are, this is kind of like the picky eater thing. Um, And there was a lot of strategies actually in that tool as well about family dinner. But I need you guys to understand that you are starting where you are and that that is great. And we're all in different places and we're all sort of on a different trajectory. But the goal or, yeah, the goal is to really be able to use family dinner to the best of your family's ability. So every once in a while, somebody raises their hand when I'm speaking at a school and says, you know, Mia, I'm never home for dinner. I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're not home at that time. So we really have to eat in the go. I got that a lot when I was in California. I know you guys drive so much if you're listening from out West. Um, and so if there really, really is no way I would say, well, then find a family meal, make space on a weekend day, do breakfast, whatever it takes, do something so that you're together. But I do want you to hear that there is something magic about dinner time. And the reason there's something magic about it is because we really are all coming back from these separate days and coming together. And it's sort of when we come together as this unit and a lot of those um, words that we came up with in the family brand, a lot of our why, like this is the time to really get all that stuff to gel. It's a really important time and it works a little bit differently in the morning when we're trying to get out the door or at lunch when we have the day ahead of us on the weekend. Um, Sunday lunches are great. A lot of times we'll do that with more family or friends, but there's something about just dinner alone as a family that's really magical. So I would encourage you to start where you are and see what your next step is. So if you're never doing dinner, then look at your schedule and see, is there a way that one day a week we can get home and really do this? And my guess is if you really look hard and you this really is a priority and you 
are working with things that, that, and you really want to get this wellness piece under control, that there is a way. So maybe it's that you're doing too many activities. Uh, maybe it's that you can take a shorter lunch and leave a little earlier from work. Maybe it's that you need to say no to a play date for a child. Um, our kids need space. So whatever it, it takes to do that, I would say, even if you can't get your spouse home, just start with one parent in the house. If that's the best it can be at first, great. And then build the next step, which is what's one night a, your spouse could get home. Does that make sense? So just keep building. If you're like Mia, this is not a problem for me. I have dinner almost every night. Then figure out what your next step is. Maybe you have dinner every, well, and if you're somewhere in the middle, by the way, like if you're having dinner once or twice a week, how can you up that a little bit, right? How can you make it so that you're doing it four times a week or five times a week? Figure out what your next step is. There have been a lot of great studies about family dinner. So it's something that's really grounded in research on the physical, mental, and emotional benefits of regular family meals on us and our kids. So our kids have better academic performance. They have higher self-esteem, greater sense of resilience, lower risk of substance abuse, lower risk of teen pregnancy, lower risk of depression, lower likelihood of developing eating disorders, and lower rates of obesity. So family dinners are really important to figure out how to schedule in. So then I wanted to give you three sort of, I don't know, maybe this is micro tools. Maybe this is, I'm making this series more about 10 tools rather than seven tools, but three micro tools to really make family dinners your next level, like sort of up a notch. So first start by the frequency. That's definitely step one. But as you're feeling confident about the frequency and you're really wanting to up the food that you're having at the table, then I have three strategies for that, or two strategies for that, and then one more about the emotional conversation. So I guess these are mini tools within, within my family dinner tool. So the first is thinking about the veggie-centered model. And if you go to the show notes of this episode, so plansimplemeals.com slash podcast, um, and you look for the family dinner episode, then there will be an image of this. But basically the idea is that as you're doing your meal planning, which was a tool that we've already talked about, and you're really thinking about what's for dinner and what's to go on the table, you're starting to think about veggies first. So this has been really important to me lately because I'm doing this 100-day challenge where I'm putting fruits and veggies first, which means that I'm committed to having 12 to 17 servings a day. And it's a lot. And you really have to plan for it. And by the way, this is what's recommended like by our government it's a hard statistic to find but it's there it's a real it's a real fact that this can definitely make a difference in our health and so what i found is that when i started off by thinking of the protein first or even the starch first which is how a lot of meals are labeled so it's like let's have um, lasagna for dinner or let's have chicken or let's have hamburgers or let's have beans so it doesn't always have to be meat but 
we always start with these things that are the grain or the protein, and then we're sort of adding veggies as the side. So something that has really helped me is to flip that and to start with the veggies. And it's going to become easier and easier as we move into a season where veggies are plentiful. But if you go to the grocery store, there's definitely more veggies than you think. So I might start and say, okay, Tonight, we're going to have kale and sweet potatoes and fennel, or we're going to have string beans and carrots and peppers. Like, there's so many choices, you guys. And so, and then I pair what's going to go with it. And I like to think of it like a pie chart that's divided into fifths. And three of the fifths are different veggies, hopefully a rainbow, and one-fifth is the protein and one-fifth is the grain. And so, yes, I might end up putting peppers, fennel, and spinach into a lasagna, but I'm really pushing myself to change the ratio. And without pushing myself, I wouldn't do it. And I know that this stuff makes a difference and I still wouldn't motivate to do it. So it's really important to think about as you're upping your family dinners. And then here's the cool thing. This is a great thing to teach our kids and teach ourselves around this 45-minute classroom that we create each night, sort of this container for this classroom. It's a great way to teach ourselves new things and push ourselves in the kitchen and help our kids eat new food. But also, as you're eating more fruits and veggies and a healthier diet, your time at the dinner table actually really changes because you're not on this sort of up and down of a high, a sugar high and a low and a sugar high and a low, which a lot of those starchy things do for us. Um, or maybe if it's more like Thanksgiving style meal, you just feel really tired after it, right? So a lot of times we don't feel our best at meals. And as we can start to create food that really makes us feel our best, we all show up differently to the dinner table, which is so cool. So micro tool number two, which is kind of related to the veggie center model, is just a way to think about it. And this could be one of your nights back to that rhythm thing. This is actually a great micro tool for picky eaters. Maybe I even mentioned it there. But one of the things that happened in my household a couple years ago, and this can happen because our kids go through different phases where they have, you know, different sense of what they can do. They have different energies themselves. And we were at this phase where all three kids were like in their energetic pushing the limit phase, you know, at different ages. And I realized that everybody was popping up from the table the whole meal. And it was really getting in the way of what I thought like the genius of the meal was, which was us really connecting. We weren't connecting because everyone was popping up at every second and nobody was staying that long and nobody was eating as well. And the conversations weren't that great. And I just started to like pay attention to what was happening. And one of the things that was happening was I was popping up all the time because I was making a lot of one pot meals at the time. I still do, but I commit to this meal once a week um, and my kids love it now. So sometimes I do it more, but I was committed to one pot, which was over on the stove. I wasn't organized about water. I was feeling more rushed, like yada, yada, yada. And I was popping a lot up to like serve kids and do stuff. And then when I got sick of that, I would let them do it. And then it was just like craziness. So the idea is a couple different levels. One, getting all the food on the table so that nobody has to get up during the meal. 
And I do this by putting lots of little bowls on the table where everybody serves. And we call it grain bowl night or rice bowl night. And really, I embrace this model of three or four veggies, one grain and one protein. Each of them are in different bowls. Then we each get our own bowl and we can put the food in it. And so first of all, we're all sitting. I make sure there's water on the table. I make sure there's a pitcher. Like I'm very careful on rice bowl night. that There's no reason I would need to get up until we're ready to get up and wash the dishes. And then I start, I serve myself first <laughs> and I model like the proportions I would like them to have. Now, it didn't start off that everybody would eat all the veggies, but over the years, because we've now been doing this for about five years, pretty much even my picky eater eats all the different parts and it's really great. And I think it's just me modeling, me being kind, me not popping up. Um, it's just evolved kind of naturally. It's a way that it's a it's an evening where my kids try more than they usually try. They eat different fruits and ve- or not fruits, but they eat different veggies than they usually eat. Um, and it's a really great tool. And I am pretty sure on those nights that everyone is going to stay put and sit, which is awesome. So rice bowl night is great for that. It's great for the popping up. It's great for the sitting. It's great to model this veggie center model, which brings me to sort of this micro tool number three, which is what's happening at the table. And as I said, I feel like the kitchen, the kitchen table or wherever you're eating in your dining room table, we eat in the kitchen is it's just like a safe space. It's the right time of day for everyone to just exhale and you know, let anything out that they need to be quiet. If they need to listen to their siblings, listen to me. Um, It's just a magic time of day, but like coming together from this busyness. Now, because it is this time that we all come together from our various days, it can also be a loaded time of day, right? If someone's had a bad day, um, if someone's had a great day, they can be overly excited. It can swing all these ways, but we have certain mannerisms that we keep at the table. So it keeps it kind of safe and contained. And so one of the things that we have done for a long time, and we started this when the kids were young. So I think Perla, who's now nine, was probably around two or three when we started this. So her answers were very simple. Um, But now even my 14-year-old, who might you might think is too old for this, loves it. And my kids always bring it up when we have adult guests at the house. So anytime anyone comes back, they always want to do this. So it's not like only a seven to nine year old could do this, even though maybe that's who this was built for. And I have to say, I love it. And it's called the thorn in the rose. Maybe you've heard of it, or some people call it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And the idea is, is that we go around the table and we each share um, a rose for the day. Well, we, we each have our turn. So we share all four like in one thing. It's not like we're, we keep going in circles. So the first person starts and they share one great thing that happened in the day, their rose. And then they share one kind of hard thing that happened in the day and that's their thorn. And then we do the same thing for the next day, but in the opposite order. So we start with the thorn, something that we're maybe worried about and then finish it with something we're really excited about. So why this works really well, I think, is a lot of people do like a gratitude thing at dinner, which I love doing gratitudes. I keep a gratitude journal, but I feel like at the dinner table and there's times where we do it, it's really nice to also have the space to get out the worry and the bad, 
but I do love the idea of sandwiching it between two goods. And so we all go around the table and do our four things. And one of the things I've learned over the year, and I believe that Kim John Payne talks about it in his episode this way back at the beginning of the Plan Simple Meals podcast, so you can go back and listen to it. Um, but one of the things that I've worked on over the years since actually doing that interview with him is to really not try to fix anything. So when problematic stuff comes up, when the thing is like somebody hurt my feelings at school or I had a really hard test and the teacher's mean, I don't go off trying to fix it. I just am a listener. I'm a safe container, a safe listener. So it's not to say that we don't go off and try to help after or whatever, but a lot of times what just needs to happen is it needs to be said. It doesn't need to be fixed. And that was a really important lesson for me um, and has really helped me learn what I'm sharing, how I'm listening, and all that kind of stuff. So the thorn and the rose. So those are my thoughts about family dinner. And what I would love you guys to consider is what your next doable step is around dinner. Is it that you need it more frequently? Is it that you want the food to be better? Or is it that you're ready to really upgrade your conversation? What is that little thing that would really help you take, like, take this classroom that we have to the next level? And maybe it's just as simple as doing some of the mindset work around, which was definitely my first step, around what it even meant to show up to want to give family dinner, which is kind of an important step. Um, in this whole process. One of the things that really has helped me with that is this idea of shredding. So go back and listen to that episode. That's just really getting my oxygen mask on, getting really clear myself about how food and sitting at the table and just my whole time in the kitchen is important for my health. Um, and then it enables me to show up and deliver in a different way for my family. So that, you guys, is what I have to say. And that kind of ends our seven tools. We're going to move now into some amazing interviews that are going to span from spirituality to work-life balance to food. Um, we're talking to a lot of great, mostly entrepreneurs, but some moms. Um, so we'll, we'll get into some food experts eventually. We're going to kind of be a little all over the place, but the, the thread is that I'm interviewing a lot of amazing people who've made the shift to really put wellness first, whatever that means for them in some aspect of their life and made space in their life and in their calendars to make this happen. Because I think that that is one of our biggest challenges, um, as busy people living in this crazy world. <laughs> Even if we're trying to be simple people, we're still living in this crazy world. And so really creating space for those things we want becomes really important. And I'm hoping that all the guests that come on will both inspire and give some really tactical tips that we can then go act on. All right. So that is coming up soon. And then, or, you know, next week. And then as I am doing this 100 days of putting fruits and veggies first, I will come on probably every two weeks and just share some of my lessons learned. I The first four days, admittedly, I'm on day eight as I'm recording this. The first four days were a little hard. I'm not going to lie. Um, and now I'm feeling pretty fabulous. The first four days, I was like, what on earth did I commit to? Um, and now I'm feeling really psyched about what I committed to. And 
sort of focusing on how I can make it more diverse, more yummy, more fun, um, and all that stuff. And one of the ways that I'm making it really fun, actually, if you're listening to this in real time, is by doing these shreds and where I'm inviting people in sort of once a month for 10 days where you can be part of this 100 days for 10 days. So if that seems appealing to you, um, make sure to go check out that shred page or just email us at mia at plansimplemeals.com and we will get back to you with what that entails. Um, the next one, you sort of have to decide that you want to do by March 26 at the latest because it involves five days of receiving a package and we actually start April 2nd. So we're pretty much starting the first Monday of the month for the next two months at least. All right. I will see you guys on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.